Hello and welcome back to the Thunder Six Podcast. I am your host Ben Kreider and today I'm going to be talking about the Thunder New Orleans Pelicans game, just what we saw from that one, and I'm also going to be talking about Gabriel Deck's debut with the team. Before I get into that though, this was kind of one of these games where I would not blame someone for not wanting to watch or not watching it in the entirety. I said it yesterday, I'm going to say it again. NFL draft was yesterday, and you know, I'm really not a huge NFL guy. Like, I have teams, like, in and out, I have certain teams I flip through, but um, just based on Oklahoma State players. But outside of that, I don't really have a set team. Like, used to be the Cowboys, not so much anymore. I don't really have a, a straight up team to watch, but I just enjoy watching it regardless. So I kind of got caught flipping the channels, especially in the beginning parts. And, I mean, the NFL draft happens once a year. You got an OKC Thunder game pretty much once every one or two, three days. So I understand not wanting to watch it uh, in full. So I had to watch it uh, not only during the draft when I was flickering through, but I just rewatched it at, like, 12 in the morning, too. Because I know, I, I was looking at, like, Twitter and stuff. There were some highlight plays that I needed to watch. So I had to watch it kind of twice. But, yeah. I mean, it was a fun night. I mean, you got draft day still going on tonight, as well as just going on all day tomorrow. But we don't have to worry about it. I mean, there's no Thunder game tonight, and you just freely watch the draft. Tomorrow is when there might be some conflict schedules. But there was a little bit of one last night, and, you know, it made for a weird viewing, but it was still good overall. So the Thunder, they charge in there. First time they're on a winning streak in like a month. Last time they won a game was the last day of March when they beat the Toronto Raptors by 10, and they just gone L after L. Finally beat the Celtics by 4, moving into the peak to face the Pelicans. They were looking to expand their win streak to 2, and the Pelicans, they were looking to sneak into the play-in tournament. And Brandon Ingram, I mean, he was hot to start the game out. He had 6 of the Pelicans' first 10 points where he would just pull up, whether well, it was on Poku, Bays didn't matter. Right wing, uh, mid-range pull-ups. He just had to stop, pop, and they kept going in for him. So he was hot. And then, I mean, there was a little bit of combatants from the Thunder, but they didn't have one particular player. So the Pelicans were up 10-7 to begin the game, pretty much just off of Ingram. But then Oklahoma City, they started to kind of get the ball into other Pelicans players' hands. They shut the door on Brandon Ingram, and it allowed for the Thunder to go on a 7-0 run. Started with a Lou Dort triple, and then you had two Darius Baisley finishes. One of them's just a typical layup. One of them, he spun into it and got the shot off right off the glass. We've seen that. I think we saw that in the Celtics game where they had that really pivotal 7-0 run. So they got one early, and it helped them kind of get a little bit of momentum to start things out but then the pelicans they got back in suit with their run they got on a 12-3 run to begin and they had five different guys who were in that spurt both on the starting unit and even they were pulling guys off the bench to produce for them so it was a little bit difficult for the thunder to kind of stay on task with all of them and then they couldn't get their two guys clicking the two sophomores and it kind of just leached out to everybody else. Everyone was super cold in that span. So New Orleans, they were really good. I mean, they had 
really a 10-point lead at that point, and the Thunder weren't chipping down at that. Not much went on until about the final minute of the first quarter because that is when we first saw Gabriel Deck check in to the scores table. First NBA minutes got to play a minute and 14 seconds. And in that run, he was kind of productive. He definitely helped um, go in on rebounds, but there was no stats, really. The only play of significance was Zion Williamson took him inside and nailed a seven-foot pull-up. It was very contested, though. Anyways, that was the only shot, and that was the only shot that went in from either side in the closing minute and 15. So the Pelicans, they were up double digits 31-20 to heading into the second quarter. But as that second quarter started, the Thunder bench mob flipped the switch on the game. They hit three money balls, and they had a Gabriel Deck layup to go on an 11-3 run to start the game out, or start the frame out, and then they were only down a single possession again. So you had your usuals in FEMA, Kai Luke, Jerome. They were just chucking up shots. They were finding success, but the main guy was Deck. And on his first career basket, it was kind of a makeshift play, and it was kind of a broken down one, but there was a loose ball off a rebound. I think the ball hit like front iron, and the ball was kind of loose. So Deck, he's maybe eight feet below the basket, and there's about a pile up of maybe three guys, two Thunder players and one Pelicans player going for this ball. Deck back taps it out. And the ball just starts rolling, and it rolled out to the three-point line. He picks it up at, like, the left left wing. And then instead of kicking the ball out and resetting, he wanted to do it himself because that's what he was doing. He was kind of spotting up for threes. He wanted to make his own play. So he waited, and he waited for everybody to clear out, kind of settled at the right wing, and right in front of him was Zion Williamson. So instead of maybe just shivering out of that and kicking it out, he took it right to Zion. He drove right, and the whole way through, he was absorbing contact, and he was able to get a really nice close shot. I think it was like off the bank as well, but he got it to drop in, and he had a lot of pressure coming from Zion, so it was a very impressive first play. He didn't like speed right around Zion. He was keeping him stride for stride, but he was still able to get the result despite him being a lot smaller. Uh, weight-wise than Zion Williamson. So that was a really good play from him, and that kind of just helped the Thunder get back into their spirits. Like, it seemed like they they had it, and Stan Van Gundy was furious over this. He called it timeout, and it actually worked. But it, it wasn't a major, like, clap-back 10-0 spurt from the Pelicans. They were just making sure the Thunder could not take the lead. So they would trade buckets back and forth, and that's really how this game was for the entirety of the second until maybe the very end but yeah they were just a couple hairs away the thunder were from the lead it would be a two-point lead a four-point lead everything in between i would say the largest lead in this this span i'm talking about was about five points so it was nothing but then the pelicans they closed out the frame extremely well they went on a 23 to 5 run to end the half and because of it, they were up 60-43 to 43 by halftime. And it's because their stars, Zion and Brandon Ingram, they had 16 and 15 points respectively. And they really helped out because without them, they were kind of loose. They could not hit the three. They were only 2 of 11. 
but that inside play really helped bolster themselves through those two stars. And Oklahoma City, they had two kind of nice pieces who had double digits at half, and Darius Baisley and Roby, they both finished with 10, but there wasn't really any commanding star power from either of those two. That's 11 points in comparison, 31 to 20 right there, and the supporting bench lineups, you know, really weren't that formidable either. So that's kind of where you saw the deficit sort of round out. But the biggest deal with them was the three-point shooting. And they were just jacking up three after three. They wanted to recreate the success they had against the Celtics in the first half. So off those 21 threes, they only sunk six of them. That's 29%, really bad. And the inside game wasn't really that prevalent for them. So that's kind of where you saw them struggle. And even though the Pelicans weren't all that amazing either, it worked out because they shot 51%. And overall, the Thunder only shot 31%. So leading into that second half, the biggest deal for the Thunder was they needed to get shots up and they needed to convert on them at a very high clip. Same goes with the defense. They had to shut down Zion and Brandon Ingram. If there's a third star that appears, you live with the consequences. So they rolled out in the second half, and it actually worked well. At least part of it did. The Thunder, they were able to slow down the Pelicans' offense while they they weren't too successful either, but they actually outscored them in the third. They outscored them 25-19. to 19. So entering the fourth quarter, they were down 79-68. to 68. But it was just, it was a slugfest from start to finish. Only 44 points combined between the two of them. And it was still kind of this game where the Pelicans, they had that 17-point lead from half. And whatever the Thunder were doing, they could never really shake it below the single-digit mark. And that ending they had to be down 11, entering the final 12, that was the lowest they had had it the whole entire quarter. So they were still kind of looking at ranges of 17 points to 13 point deficits until the thinnest of time was left on the clock. So with the fourth quarter approaching, they needed some sort of like star to emerge. They had Baisley in the last game with 13 fourth quarter points. The Thunder had 42 overall, but they really needed that. And they actually had a guy in Teo Maladone in the third in this game who dropped 11 of the team's 25 points. But you needed that yet again to carry over, but not just a one-man show. You needed everybody to kind of live a nice support group. And they had a nice star. They found their guy who could put up high volumes in the fourth. And Lou Dort, because he also had an 11-point quarter, um, but there was not just, there was not any sidekick. It was really him on his own. And the Pelicans, they still weren't showing any sort of give here. So they had their kind of game of fending them off until the very end. Zion Williamson was able to combat Dort pretty easily because Zion himself had a 10-point period, shooting 5 of 8. And the Pelicans, they were able to trump the Thunder 30 to 27 in the fourth so they took the w 109 to 95 and because of that the pelicans are now sitting right outside of the play-in seeds they're three games behind the golden state warriors for the 10 spot but they are 
28 and 35 on the season, whereas the Thunder, they now are back in the losing column. They're 21 and 42 on the year, and they're still perched in the fifth best lottery odds. And this is going to be something where, as of right now, you can say it's a fifth best lottery odds. But you kind of just want to look at the, the total wins right now. And the Thunder have 21 wins on the season. So do the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are one game behind us. I believe they play tonight. And if they lose that, it's back to a tie. So we're 21-42. and 42. They're 21-41. and 41. Really, it's just going to be a back and forth. As we keep losing games, they're going to have to match us. So I would kind of consider them on an even spot. You'd almost want to call it a tie, but... You need to wait and see what happens in their next game. But behind them, or I guess ahead of us, it's a little bit interesting because the Minnesota Timberwolves of all teams have come out of nowhere. They've come out of the grassroots and they have won four games in a row. These guys were almost locks to be the worst team in the league about a month ago. Then the Rockets just played terrible and now the door has just been stolen by them. They are in there with that number one seed. And the Pistons, they're a little bit distanced uh, with the second best odds, three games behind. And the Magic are three and a half games behind. But the Timberwolves are the main people you need to be talking about because Cat is finally getting in rhythm. The whole team seems to be on the same page. And with them having eight more games left on the schedule, there's still a lot of room for them to kind of fall in a couple more of these games and turn the tides on their odds. So if they get a couple more wins and we don't, we're going to have the fourth, fourth best odds or at worst, probably a tie there. So just keep them on the lookout for later. But just looking at what we saw from last night, this was a game where it was still the Zion and Brandon Ingram show. Zion on the game had 27 points, shot 12 of 24 from the floor, and had eight rebounds and six assists. Very, very special talent here. I believe he's only like 20, 21 years old as a sophomore. So he's going to continue to just be a monster. And if he gets the shot to fall, it's going to be very hard to stop him. He might be one of the best in the league. He didn't even have to go to the three. He shot 0 of 1. And he didn't even need the line. Only went 3 of 4. It was just simple bully ball for him. And whoever Dagnall kind of threw his way got dominated and that was through Baisley, Roby, and even Deck at some points in the game so he was the guy for them and then right behind him there was still Brandon Ingram he had 24 points on the game shot 10 of 20 went one of five from three though so he was really having to grind for everything off of pull-ups and just isolation drives inside worked out for him well though and on top of it he still got six rebounds and three assists. Those were about the only two guys of major note here. They had James Johnson, who has bounced around so many different teams this year. Like, I thought he was on the Mavericks, but I guess he's on the Pelicans now. Anyways, he had 12 points off the bench for them, and they had Willie Hernan Gomez, who had to start because Steven Adams was gone, and he had a double-double of 13 points and 10 rebounds. Zion was solid too. He almost got a triple-double, but not really. He had 6 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. And outside of that, not much was kind of going on for them. 
They still shot really bad from three, just went five of 29. That's 17% on the game. But the major work you saw from the two stars just helped them out. They, they shot 45% on the game, even despite that. And from the line, they went 14 of 19 from the field. So they were good. And then for the Thunder, this was yet another game where they just weren't able to kind of put all the pieces together. And it's because they weren't able to shoot the three. I mean, that's where they wanted to find the easy buckets to make a comeback. It didn't really work out, though. They shot 11 of 39 overall from distance. That's 28%. And their other kind of cushion they've used has been the free throw line. I think they had 36 or 38 free throws in the last game. They only had 20 attempts, so the refs were not having it. They sunk 16 of them, but that's not enough ground whenever you can't convert at the three and you're shooting almost 40 attempts. That's way too many for just a conversion rate of 28. So the twos, yeah, they were all right. I mean, they were still scoring in the paint a decent bit. It was not anything kind of overwhelming. We've seen them piece together like 70 plus point games on the interior. They only had 44 in this game. So it was actually really bad for them. Pelicans had 64 for comparison, but they just weren't able to work inside because they wanted to put all the marbles in the three and it just backfired in their faces. So these little cold stretches hurt them and the runs that they had were just far too minimal and they didn't really stick more than a couple minutes. So they had those like four or five quick bursts, but nothing that could really keep them going the entire way through. And to make matters worse for them, uh, there's still an issue on turnovers. We have been making it kind of a major point on this podcast to talk about the turnovers. And in the month of April, they just have not been able to keep the ball in their hands. This was another game where they had more turnovers than they had assists. They had 22 turnovers and 18 assists. I think that's probably their ninth time they've had over 20 turnovers in a game this month. And how do the amount of games we played? I mean, I'd assume that's probably over 60%, maybe even higher. But they've been really bad when it comes to that. And because of it, you give up easy points to the Pelicans. They had 23 points off those turnovers. If you want to minimize those, this would have been a single-digit game for the full course of things. So it is a little bit sad because you know exactly kind of what the problem is. How do you diagnose it? I'm not entirely sure, but they just need to keep the ball kind of in their hands. And I get it. It's a little difficult because they keep throwing new people in the lineup and no one really has a secure role here. And I guess that's kind of what you can try to chalk it up to. I mean, the guys with the ball a lot have been Baisley. Um, I guess he'd probably be the primary one right now. He had five turnovers in this game. And even below him, I mean, Dort had three, Moses Brown had three, Maladon had four, and then off the bench, only two guys didn't have a turnover, and that was Charlie Brown Jr. and Svi Mikhailuk. So Deck had one, Josh Hall had one, Roby had two, and Ty Jerome had three in 19 minutes. So kind of a weird game for Jerome, honestly. He hasn't had many turnovers, but now I guess he is getting a little bit of payback for this like really great streak he had of keeping the ball under control but it's whatever you know I think it's just growing pains and hopefully you can move on to that I think next year is 
when you really need to be thinking about that. Right now, you just want to see everybody at full capacity, see where they can work on and kind of work on those issues heading into training camp and um, and all that. So it's bad, but I think that it's something that in time will be able to kind of solve itself out. When we're talking who was kind of the main guy on the roster, Lou Dort was, but it wasn't like he had a great game. This was another game where you had three quarters of just okay play and then one big eruption at the end. So as Baisley had his 21-point game uh, in the last one where he had eight in the first three and 13 in the final quarter, Dort was the same where he only had six points in the first three quarters and then he went off for those 11 but despite that he still shot pretty well from the floor so i'll give that to him he shot five of 12 and four of eight from distance one of the best actually the best three-point shooter for the thunder on the game and i think he just did a really good job kind of making his impression late because he wasn't part of the big picture to start the game out he was kind of playing sidekick to bays and as we saw guys like deck get inserted into the lineup his reps were a little bit low, so he got back up at the end and really just helped himself out there. So I thought he was good. And then another guy who I also mentioned, Teo Maladone, he played that same sort of game where he had three quarters where he was just all right scoring the ball. And then he had that 11-point period. So he finished the game with 16 points. He also shot 5 of 12 from the field and tied the team high with four assists, which is pretty low, but you take what you can get. So he snagged that. And I thought he had a pretty solid game for what he was given. I, I do think the turnovers being at four were a slight issue for him, but I thought he did a good job kind of working his way inside the whole entire way through this game. When you look behind Maladone, you look at Bays again, he keeps scoring in pretty high bunches. This is only a 15 point game for him though. So the big streaks of like 20 points are over. I know he started that um, pretty decent time ago. It might be over a week now, unless he snapped it, which I am unaware of. But I know he scored over 20 in his last game, so that streak's over. I can tell you that much. But he had his 15 points, but he ended up shooting 6 of 15 on the game. And the struggles can be pinpointed to the 3. He is trying to become a 3-level scorer, and that's what we thought he was leading into the season. He still has the ability to do that. We've seen it a lot of different times, but he has the games where more often than not, he's not going to be able to produce from three or inside. And this was the game where he could not hit the side of a barn from downtown. So he shot 0 of 6 from three. So he shot six of nine on twos, which is pretty good, but he just needed to work on the three. So he was being kind of disrespected from out there they were giving him a little bit of room every time and whenever he was driving in I mean he was he was pretty effective but he didn't have that kind of game where he could get the three going and then he was able to kind of iso his way into easy dunks he had to work for every single one of those shots so I guess that's a big plus on him it wasn't any real freebies on his end once you look past Bays, you had two more guys who finished in double figures and Isaiah Roby and Svi Mikhailuk. They both had 12. If you remember, Roby had 10 points in that first half, so cooled down a bit in the second. 
kind of the exact opposite on Svi Mikhailuk's end, though. He, I think he only had like six points in the first half and then got six more. So he was kind of all around, but they kind of got their points in two different ways. Isaiah Roby, he was working down low for the most part. He shot five of nine on the game. But what you do need to pinpoint here is he also shot two of three from downtown. And both of those threes came off of step backs in two consecutive drives. So he was feeling it. I think both of them were from the top of the key. And that's where you want to see him. You know, if he wants to carve out a long NBA role uh, with us or with any other franchise, probably needs to work on that three. And we've seen him really hot. And we've also seen him really cold. This was one of his hot games. And to back up his performance, he had seven rebounds. Actually scratched that nine rebounds on the game. Two offensive, seven defensive. And he even had two assists and three steals so he was active all over the floor kind of the underdog pick for player of the game if you ask me and then Svi right behind him he shot four of seven in 18 minutes and went two of five from downtown and that's when you saw the drop off that's where as I mentioned players weren't really feeling it um at least offensively but there was one guy in Moses Brown who took off and dominated in the rebounding category so points wise he only had five and he shot two of five overall and he also got to line split a pair of free throws it was whatever game from him i mean he had kind of just up and downs where he even like airballed an inside shot and then i think in the second quarter he had back-to-back plays where he had offensive fouls so it looked like it would be one of those games where he got pulled mark dagnall never did that to uh to him though so he had 32 minutes, and because of it, he led the game in rebounds. Ended up with 18 rebounds on the game. Four of those came offensive. 14 of them came on the defensive front. So he, we've wanted to see him get back in action. We've seen the games where he's been getting double-doubles at very efficient rates. When it came to dunking the ball and getting the easy twos, it wasn't there. But it's good to see that at least he's kind of getting back to normal in terms of hauling down the rebounds and kind of staying a little bit more disciplined at least in the later parts of the game because in the second he was ruthless and it seemed like it'd be a game where Dagnault would take him out and throw someone else in at the five but there wasn't really a guy because Roby he seemed to be asserting himself at the three and four this game and Tony Bradley he didn't play so he was kind of the man and I think that's really why you can come to the assumption he played 32 minutes and that's the most he's played this month but i think that's kind of how you can draw it up on top of that he just wasn't kind of forcing himself outside the game like he has in previous games so he picked up his fourth foul and then he just stayed calm and didn't pick up another one so i think moses brown can kind of stem off of this one leading into the next game and i think that's that's gonna be that with him but I think the main dude that I wanted to talk about was Deck, obviously. And I mentioned his kind of highlight play where he drove in right on Zion and banked in this semi-close baseline jumper. That was probably his best play, uh, at least on shooting, because he only went one of five. But oh my goodness, it looks like he is going to mesh just fine with the Thunder rotation. And it's because the passing. This was what I told y'all. I told you guys his biggest skill was passing. And what did he do? He had another big highlight play 
where I'm going to try to break this down as kind of nicely as I can, but he ended up getting a loose ball again, just like the one that started off his ISO drive. There was a loose ball that kind of went rolling from like the 10 foot mark. Um, and then he just picked it up. So he's about like 10 feet from the rim, maybe a little bit closer, but this is kind of off a missed rebound from the Pelicans. So everyone's kind of running back. It's just him and Isaiah Roby down there, as well as two Pelicans players. So it's simple two on two basketball and he's driving in a little bit more towards the right side of the basket, but still kind of in the paint. So Roby, he's on the left side, kind of just hiding but Deck, he's on that right side kind of charging in. And it wasn't like he was super aggressive or anything, but he took, you know, one dribble and then went up for a layup. And with it, he obviously took his man, but he also got the attention from the second guy. So he got that double team taken and it looked really good on the surface. Like the guy who played help defense was really good in it because he was cornered. He had four hands. Uh, right in front of his face and the ball there was no way the ball off a typical shot would have went up it would have got smacked by one of the two but what the big man forgot about was Isaiah Roby was still hiding and deck that was his plan all along so he threw a really nifty behind the back pass as he was still going up and it got to Roby he just had to toss it up and it went right in bench was erupting off that play and rightfully so that's one of the best plays we've seen uh in a pretty long time here you know outside of poku that might be in the top five somewhere so it was very crafty and it even drew a comparison i forgot which player it was it might have been dort or maladone also could have been roby so i don't know exactly but i know post game one of the players mentioned that he actually kind of reminded him of alexei pokashevsky with that pass and that's a just comparison uh, off of that one we'll see what other kind of tricks he has in his bag and you know with nine more games remaining on the Thunder's schedule you can kind of look forward to watching him and just seeing how he's able to continue to work on passing the basketball around so that's kind of what I saw from him I mean outside of that big play and that one finish he had on the game he had two rebounds as well as another assist to add on to two but yeah, I mean, he got 15 minutes of run. This was what was expected of him. Him and Charlie Brown Jr., they combined for 24 minutes and actually took the role of Kenrich Williams. He didn't play in the game, so they could uh, both play. But yeah, I thought it was good. He definitely deserves the 15. And maybe even leading off into the Thunder's next game, he might be able to snag just a couple more minutes. They're going to be playing the Indiana Pacers tomorrow in the beginning of a back-to-back -back set we saw the Pacers I think last week where O'Shea Brissett just tore down the Thunder playing 42 minutes at the center he's only six foot seven but he dominated so maybe we'll see more small ball lineups and that can be more Roby and potentially more Gabriel Deck as well so get prepared for that one I'll get you guys the updates on that in tomorrow's episode but for this one, that is going to wrap things up. I thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all next time. See you.